Last week, a federal judge in Louisiana issued an order that blocked federal officials from contacting social media companies to discourage or remove disinformation from their platforms. Uh, What was the administration doing? Was this a violation of the First Amendment? Will this order be upheld? With us to discuss the issue is Professor Bert Newborn, one of the nation's foremost civil liberties attorneys, teachers, and scholars. He's a founding legal director of the Brennan Center for Justice at NYU School of Law. He has served as the National Legal Director of the ACLU and Special Counsel to the National Organization for Women Legal Defense. And he's also the author of a book, which we're going to discuss a little little bit, uh, Madison's Music on Reading the First Amendment. Professor Newborn, thank you so much for joining me. Well, thanks for asking me, Karen. So tell us what the government was doing that brought this to the court's attention. Well, during the uh, pandemic um, and um, in the weeks after the 2020 election, uh, the country went through two extraordinary periods where um, uh, there was really close to an existential crisis. During the pandemic, we were worried about how many of us us were going to die uh, from this uh, virus and the fear of it. And of course, after the 2020 election, uh, the question is whether the election was going to be upheld and whether we would actually have a democratic transfer of power or whether we'd um, um, worry about actual uh, putches and armed conflicts. And during this period, many Massive amounts of of information were being uh, conveyed on the social media platforms, Twitter, uh, Facebook, um, uh, the uh, and uh, some of it um, was flat out disinformation that was being spread by people who didn't wish us well. Russia has a tremendously effective disinformation system that they kick in and uh, try to use to destabilize countries uh, that they that they don't like. Um, part of it was by um, uh, people here in the United States who were well-meaning, um, but just uh, um, troubled about uh, uh, the, whether vaccinations were dangerous or not, uh, whether the election had been stolen or not. Um, and they um, were themselves disseminating lots of information. Um, and then the third group were people here in the United States who were just trying to stir the pot, trying to cause problems, trying to um, destabilize the society. And what the government was doing in a systematic way, uh, a very substantial amount of contact by the government, various uh, agencies in the government, the FBI, the State Department, the Justice Department, the health uh, officials, uh, they were contacting the social media platforms and trying to alert them as to which of these messages was clearly wrong and clearly disinformation uh, designed to, um, or or even uh, not designed, but would have the effect of destabilizing the society, really causing a, a great deal more difficulty during the pandemic. Uh, because if people wouldn't get vaccinated, it just meant more people would die and the pandemic would last longer. And secondly, um, the 2020 elections, if people lost faith in those elections, then democracy itself was at stake. So this was a really high crisis situation in which the government kicked itself into gear and contacted the social media platforms to try to persuade them to take stuff off if they thought it was really clearly wrong and clearly dangerous. Now, let me, um, but, you know, I, 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 I what, what is surprising to me when I really looked at this is that it wasn't social media 
that brought the objections here. These were states, the attorneys general for oh, well, two states. Yes. I mean, that's what that's what's Karen, you put your finger directly on what's really wrong with this lawsuit. The social media platforms aren't claiming that they were coerced. The social media platforms are, were grateful, actually, for the information. They don't. They don't want to um, disseminate false stuff. They don't want to disseminate disinformation that's going to destabilize the society. And they were actually quite happy to get the government's um, uh, 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 ability to say to them, "Look, we've looked into this, and this thing that you're uh, that you're putting up on your platform, it's wrong, and here's why it's wrong." So they were actually quite pleased to do it. So, and, and they took down a fair amount of stuff that was very dangerous. And there was nothing coercive, and there was nothing, nothing mandatory. Well, nothing overtly coercive. I mean, the, well, the, the the real issue here is I don't think there was anything coercive. If you look at the thousands of messages, thousands and thousands of messages between the government and the social media platforms, um, you just don't see coercion. What you see is earnest efforts by the government to persuade that something was dangerous and should be taken down. Now, you've got two Republican attorneys general, um, one in Louisiana um, and uh, one in Missouri, um, and they see um, a whole different picture. If you ask them whether I've just given you a true picture of what happened, they would say no. They would say no, no, no. This was not a benevolent government attempting to um, help the social media platforms do a good job. This was a government sneaking up on the social media platforms and mugging them and frightening them and terrorizing them and making them take things down um, in a disguised form of censorship. Now, I don't see anything in the record that justifies that. But if you live your life thinking that the government is the worst thing in the world, if you've persuaded yourself, if you live in a fever swamp and you've persuaded yourself that government is the enemy and that government is sneaking around doing horrible things to everybody all the time, that there's a deep state that has to be overthrown, if you buy into that world, then um, then this looks to you looks to you like a terrible thing. It's like the government misusing its power to make the social media platforms toe the line and say only what the government wants. So the vision of the world that these two attorney generals try to feed to this federal judge is a vision of the world that if it existed, we'd be living in Stalinist Russia. That's the way they describe the American government, this thuggish um, government that goes around uh, uh, punishing people that, that, it, uh, that disagree with it. Um, but what, and, one thing I so, wanted you to explain, and this is very basic First Amendment, so, and a lot of people are saying right now, well, why would, why would social media sift through anything? They're supposed to be a billboard. They're supposed to be uh, neutral. They're not supposed to take things off. So if there's disinformation or misinformation or people saying stupid things... That's their right because it's a First Amendment right, or is it? Well, well, the social media is not is not the same thing as the telephone. Um, if you want to, you you can call up and um, you talk to somebody and say whatever you want, and and the telephone company is not going to stop you because it thinks that what you're saying is untrue. But social media is different than the telephone company. Social media individuals speak to to the to hundreds of thousands, millions and millions of people. 
Um, and if what they're disseminating to those people is in, is misinformation that will destabilize the society, social media is not obliged uh, to transmit anything that people want. Uh, the social social media can um, are free to transmit what they wish, but they're not. There's no duty. They're private the companies. Social media. They're private uh, companies. That, yeah. I mean, that <laughs> First Amendment, you know, and I say this over and over again because it really is something very basic to lawyers, but First Amendment applies only to government. The government shall not abridge, you know, but if That's you... Right. I mean, exactly right, Karen. I mean, the, the, uh, the Chicago newspapers, for example, they're not obliged to print stuff just because people are saying it. Um, they, they, they print what they think. Um, is is important. The, uh, the press has always made judgments about what it prints. It's not just a blackboard that people come and write on. Um, it is uh, these are people making decisions about what should be said. And the social media platforms are publishers in that way too. They're publishers, but they're just not passive uh, blackboards on which you write. Now, social media platforms have special protection in the law. You can't sue a social media platform for uh, for transmitting a libelous act the way, the way you could sue a Chicago newspaper. Um, um, uh, they get special protection um, under the law. It, it's quite controversial whether they should have it or not. But if they have this special protection, which means that they can't be sued for anything that they do, then they have a special social responsibility to make sure that these platforms um, are as um, uh, accurate and useful and helpful as they can be. This is a wonderful invention uh, that that can be beneficial for the society, but it can also destroy the society. You can destroy democracy. Hitler destroyed democracy in uh, in Nazi Germany uh, by a disinformation uh, campaign that essentially destroyed people's faith um, in the in um, in democratic government. Professor, uh, if you have this. Let, let me let me just put you on pause here. I got to take a break, but when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about. At, you don't you may not think that 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 this is a First Amendment issue, and, and but at what point does it cross the line? I want everyone out there to think about that. How yeah, much do we want our government, who's trying to protect us from disinformation? And again, like you said, there's a lot of paranoia going on. But where does that cross the line? We're talking to Professor Bert Newborn. He's the uh, author uh, Madison's Music on Reading the First Amendment. We'll be back on WGN. In a minute. Somehow, putting the First Amendment to music just doesn't do it for me. It just doesn't do it for me. <laughs> she sings well. It's, it's, I guess it's catchy now. Uh, Professor Bert Newborn is here with us. Um, he is one of the nation's foremost civil liberties attorneys. He is a professor at NYU School of Law. And we were talking about the case of the injunction that um, came down this week that prohibited blocking federal officials and agencies from contacting social media companies to discourage or remove disinformation. You know, in, in our history, Professor, have we seen governments do this in the past? I mean, now that we have social media, it's a whole different level of, 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 um, of, of what we're talking about. But has the government in the past tried to do this in any way that was meant to be helpful? Sure. Um, sure. There's a long tradition in government um, 
uh, there's a there's a sort of uh, uh, code word for it called jawboning, where the government uh, goes to people and tries to persuade them to do what the government thinks they should do. Uh, for years, that's the way uh, um, prices were set. Uh, uh, corporate leaders would be called to the White House, and the president would talk to them about the importance of um, uh, not not having inflation or wages. Or the or presidents actually persuaded uh, insurance companies in 1948 to stop um, charging differential rates. Uh, it used to be in this country that black people paid more for life insurance than white people because black people live less long and therefore don't pay premiums as long as a group. And therefore, believe it or not, life insurance companies would charge more uh, for a, a premium to a black family than they would for a white family. And President Truman called the insurance companies to the White House and persuaded them to stop saying it's wrong. You shouldn't do this. And so jawboning is something that the government does all the time. And in fact, the Supreme Court has said that there's something called the government speech doctrine, which guarantees the government the constitutional right to speak to the people and try to persuade the people to do the right thing. To, um, and of course, it's the government's idea of the right thing. Just because the government says it, it doesn't mean it's the right thing. But they can try to persuade the government of people to to do what the government says is the right thing. And, we're and they have a duty to inform the government. But and we're seeing that. We're, we're actually seeing states, uh, and I read about this, I didn't know about this, but certain states will have now websites that say, hey, you know, if you want to do some fact-checking, at least if you if you trust us enough exactly. to post this stuff, take a look at this. Is the, these are the stats on vaccinations. This is, These are the facts that's, about that's, the election. Exactly right. So, so people that's, at that's least... The government, yeah. That's the government doing jawboning at its best. Um, and... But there's a point, and, and this is where the lawsuit has at least some validity. It's not absolutely crazy. There's a point at which the government um, can cross the line from just trying to persuade you and cross the line to frightening you. Because after all, the government has more power than anybody else in society, um, um, except maybe the social media platforms. Uh, but the government is a very powerful thing. And when it comes and says to you, I would like you to do this, there's always the implied threat that if you don't do this, they'll do something bad to you. So this is an important and very uh, difficult line, but it's a very important line uh, not to forget that jawboning is legitimate. And it's important in this world to, le- to, to allow the government, to encourage the government to help the social media platforms do the very best they can in taking down information which is false, which is destructive, and which threatens both public health and the um, um, and the, the viability of democracy. It's also important, though, to monitor these um, uh, conversations and to make sure that the government isn't being unduly threatening. Now, the last time I looked, Elon Musk did not crawl up in a ball in the corner when the government speaks to him. I mean, these social platforms are very powerful. They don't get bluffed easily by some government officials speaking to them. Um, and so uh, that's what I think was wrong with the uh, Louisiana judge's opinion. The Louisiana judge treated these social platforms as if they were vulnerable little creatures desperate for the government's approval. And so if the government sneezed at them, they would run in a corner and hide. Um, these, are, these, are, these are institutions that can defend their own interests. 
And under those circumstances, it's a very good idea to have a free flow of information from the government to the media platforms so the media platforms can do the best they can about uh, uh, putting out uh, um, um, uh, useful and uh, uh, healthy information for the society. But if the government crosses the line and actually threatens and actually coerces, then it would be a good idea for a federal judge to step in and stop them, but not in the way this Louisiana judge did. I've never seen, in, you know, I've now been practicing constitutional law for more than 50 years. Um, I have never seen an injunction that looks like this, a massive injunction that purports to tell the government that it simply can't speak to large numbers of people in the society and alert them to a real problem. Well, and one of the things that you say in one of your talks that I saw was, you know, and yeah, I knock your head on this one. We have been trusting our government in the form of public schools to teach our children history, to teach our children everything. And we have public sure. libraries that are open to give people the proper information and 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 maybe some disinformation too. But we have well, we have entrusted our our government to it's do it. Great that you, it's great that you mentioned that because that's where the paranoia steps in. There are people in our society who think that the public schools are nothing more than giant propaganda institutions where the government pumps the kids full of what the government wants to hear. Um, and I mean, these are people that don't trust public schools. Why? Because the government doesn't does it. They don't trust libraries because the government does it. Um, they've gotten themselves into a paranoid swamp into in where they believe the government is so evil that everything it does is to be distrust, mistrusted, um, including mistrusting the armed services and um, mistrusting the inst- all of the institutions. The FBI. DOJ. Um, Now, if you want to live in a world like that, there's nothing that anybody can do that you don't think you're being oppressed by. I mean, you get up in the morning, you breathe air, and you think the government is oppressing me in the air. Um, um, If you're going to be, if you're going to really go around the bend and and lose reality and think that what we are, um, that we live in Nazi Germany or Stalinist Russia um, and forget how remarkably free this country is and how how, how important it is for us to defend it. Um, If you're going to say that the country is in such bad shape that we should just overthrow everything and start again, then there's, there's no way for me to have a conversation with you. I can't persuade you that what you're doing by shutting the government down uh, and preventing it from speaking to the media platforms is is desperately wrong because you're denying the media platforms access to information that they need in order to do their job correctly. And remember, we, we did elect our government last I checked, and maybe you didn't vote for our current president, well, but well, but at least you know, with, there was guys, a consensus that... Tell you, yeah, at least there was a consensus here. Yeah, these guys will tell you that we didn't elect them. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that, I forgot they'll about that you, part. <laughs> they'll, tell you, they'll, they'll tell you that the real government are these people embedded in the deep state who um, and, uh, who do what they want and there's never any control of them. I mean, it's a, it's a story that's out of control. It's a story that you wouldn't believe it if you read it in a, um, you know, in a lurid fiction magazine. And they organize their lives around it. Um, and the the problem, one of the real problems with the Louisiana opinion is that it feeds right into that. People 
people read that and they say, yeah, here's a federal judge. He knows that the deep state can't be trusted. Thank goodness he stopped them. Now, my prediction is that this injunction will get overturned. Uh, first of all, it's so overbroad and so vague that it's very difficult to live with. Secondly, the crisis that he's talking about is past. Thank goodness the pandemic has, seems to have abated, and we and we we um, we're not talking now uh, of of um, um, emergency vaccination programs. And thank goodness that the 2020 elections appear to have been accepted, um, and um, um, people who um, continue to claim that it's they're fraudulent have been put, marginalized as they should be uh, and put to one side. So the truth is, lawyers would call this moot. I mean, you know, the, the, what what he's doing is slamming a door um, where the door's already been closed, you know, a year ago. Who, who needs this anymore? The government isn't doing this anymore because the crises have stopped. And finally, he's just flatly wrong. He's flatly wrong in saying that the government has no right to speak to these media platforms. Um, if he wants to issue a narrower injunction saying the government may not threaten the media platforms, that would be different. That makes a whole big difference. And you know, I'm going to have to say goodbye. We didn't talk about your book, but we will on some other occasion when I beg you to come back and I will coerce you to come back. Um, just like just like our government is coercing the social media, I will coerce you. Professor Burt Newborn, uh, the book is Madison's Music on Reading the First Amendment. Thank you so much for joining us. We just didn't have enough time to get everything in. But thanks again, and we'll talk again soon. Thanks, Karen. I enjoyed it. Take care.